Welcome to Reside by Sotheby's International Realty. I'm Eric Weinbrecht, your host and guide as we dive into the pages of Reside magazine to discover more about the incredible people, places, and brands featured within. Please be sure to like, follow, and subscribe to at Sotheby's Realty on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube to experience incredible homes and stories from around the world. Without further delay, let's get started. Today, technology and visualization are at the heart of everything. Whether it's in your hobbies, your business, or how you interact with people, video coupled with virtual reality or augmented reality are penetrating nearly every touchpoint. John Passerini is the Global Vice President of Interactive Marketing at Sotheby's International Realty, and he's here to talk about how technology and video are reshaping the real estate industry. Hi, John. Thanks for, thanks for being here today with me. Hi, Eric. Thanks for having me. For, from an office not so far, far away. Wow, <laughs> just right down the hall, right? Yeah. So, you know, at Sotheby's International Realty, the brand has a super long history with technology and, you know, leveraging it for the business. So, so I know you've been a part of that for a very long time as well. So kind of tell us how we got started there. Take us back. I think one of the things we realized early on, and I'm going back 15 years ago when there wasn't an iPhone and a 50-inch screen, television screen, cost $10,000, we realized one of the things that needed to be improved in the real estate industry was the visualization piece. Um, At that time, that was really about digital photography, uh, which was really coming along um, and becoming more common. So what we did was we made sure that everybody who is creating listing content, the, the putting together how you display a property online, um, we made sure that they used high-resolution photography. And not only that, we took it to another level and quality controlled it. So we had some automated processes that we put into place to detect pixel count. But then we also um, have, it, have a human element to it uh, to review the photography. Um, we saw that that moved the needle because at the time, you know, the internet was really becoming the place where was just starting to become the place where people looked online for properties for, for real estate. And it was also very common that the photography wasn't very good. You'd be lucky if you saw uh, one good photo and typically there were blurry photos and, you know, not quality controlled whatsoever. So we, we had a real advantage there, that visualization. That's the way you uh, market a home primarily uh, online is with those great photos. And obviously you need to write great property descriptions. So the consumer who's looking for a home um, can really get the information they need just from the, the from the visual cues from the photography. Um, so then we moved on to video. And as YouTube became more relevant in the eyes of the consumer, uh, we knew that video was going to take over and be essential to real estate. And we didn't just take it um, as some sort of automated video approach. Too many times in in the real estate industry, um, producing content for listings is done with the mindset of what's the quickest and fastest way to put marketing content together. Our approach is more about the quality of it. So again, when we moved to video, we put a style guide together 
we gave recommendations on how long the video should be, uh, the quality of the video in terms of HD versus, uh, you know, regular definition. And we required high definition videos. We required a certain style to it. And again, we applied the quality control systems to it so that we would review the videos and build a massive inventory of video content. And that's really served us very, very well. Um, our brand now has the number one YouTube channel in the real estate category by far in terms of subscribers and, and the amount of content that we have on our YouTube channel. And YouTube is the place that people go to watch video, as we know. But we made this decision about six years ago. So we were a little bit of ahead of the curve. In fact, there was recently an article in Mansion Global, one of the great uh, real estate uh, websites, talks about global luxury real estate, um, part of the, the Dow Jones uh, uh, and the News Corp organization. And they just did an article on how important the uh, video is in the real estate world. Well, we've been doing it for about six years, built up great inventory and have had a lot of successes uh, with video content. So, you know, high resolution photography and, and high definition video, right? That's, it, it almost seems like it, it, it made too much sense. Like it was, it was wondering, you know, left you wondering like, why has no one thought to do this before, right? You know, it, it, it is your first impression of the home before you see it with, you know, your own eyes in person, which brings us to the the next level of innovation, which is the augmented reality and virtual reality. So tell us how how you went from focusing on those uh, those photos and the videos to, you know, kind of where we are now. Yeah, I mean, I think going back to your points about, uh, you know, this seems so obvious, right? And and sometimes, um, you know, the simplest things are the best approach. Um, if you focus on doing the best work from a content creation, and, that, and that's another thing that we try to do, we try to make sure that those who are producing the content, and we're talking about putting the packages together to promote a listing for sale. Um, we try to make sure that everybody who, who's who's building that content thinks of it as content. Um, for too long in the real estate industry, it was looked upon as more of, let's get this information up as quickly as possible, um, doing the least amount of steps and the least amount of quality control. Uh, we took the opposite approach. And again, it seems obvious, uh, but there, are, there is work behind that. You have to set up infrastructure, creating the quality control pieces of it adding a video content management platform, creating syndication points uh, for that video to be disseminated on the internet, on mobile apps, whatever it is. So it seems simple, but the execution uh, is, the, is the part that really makes the difference. Um, so as we learned from the visualization and how beneficial it was, not only to help a home be sold faster, but it also helped our real estate agents stand head and shoulders uh, amongst the competition. When a consumer is making a decision to sell their house, they're going to look for a real estate agent and they're going to start online by trying to find out which is the best company to work with, reach out to an agent if they haven't gotten a referral from a friend, which is a very typical way. But when our listing content produced by our, our agents and our marketing folks across the globe um, stands out above everybody else because the photos are better, because the videos are better. We knew we were onto something. 
that we're going to give everybody in our network a chance to win the opportunity to represent a buyer, no matter what kind of company, uh, country we're in, and you know the 71 countries that we're in right now. Um, so as we move into the next realm, it really is when technology is ready to be ubiquitous, right? So, you know, augmented reality obviously has uh, many years of development, but it really wasn't that simple to adopt. Um, you started seeing it with uh, Pokemon Go, I think is when it really became ubiquitous. And people were walking through the streets of Manhattan and, you know, barely surviving taxi cabs as they are totally immersed in, in the augmented reality experience. Um, but we also had, I had uh, read a very interesting article uh, in the Harvard Business Review about, and it was simply titled, Why Every uh, Organization Needs to Have an Augmented Reality Strategy. And that started us thinking. Um, then Google approached us. Uh, Google came to me and said, listen, we're uh, updating our augmented reality platform for Android, and we need uh, a, a globally recognized brand name to work with us to, to help build a solution for that. So we simultaneously, we, we, we converged on this idea of we really need to get into augmented reality. And then Google came along and said, hey, we want to help you get into augmented reality. And the practical nature of it is we know that clients, either the seller or the buyer, sometimes have a, a hard time getting past the visualization uh, steps, meaning I'm going to look at a house that I'd like to buy, but I walk into the house and I don't like the furnishings. And that barrier that an agent can easily see through because they're experienced, they understand that homes aren't always to other people's tastes, but we saw that as a real barrier when they get into the home and they go to an open house and it's just not to their taste. So we wanted to solve that. Also online, we were seeing that it, sometimes if the photography can be great, but again, if it's conveying a furnishing, a set of furnishings or style that the consumer doesn't necessarily like, they will kind of skip past it. You know, a good percentage of them will. So maybe we can help with virtually staging. So using augmented reality combined with virtually staging photography, we can get past that visualization barrier. The other challenge we had was with sellers. An agent would go on a listing appointment to want to try and win the opportunity to represent a home. And what they would find is that the seller was very concerned about the investment they would have to make to get the home ready to be sold, to doing not just the improvements, repairs, but also staging it, getting it ready. So we saw there was a huge opportunity there to help with the visualization and the income's augmented reality. Google is upgrading their platform. Apple has just released a new uh, update to their uh, augmented reality platform. So we seized on the opportunity. And within three months, we had developed the first augmented reality app called Curate for the real estate industry. We worked with Google to develop it and our partner, Rumi, and built this amazing app, very easy for agents to use. They can go on site, take out the phone. We've already pre-furnished, have a whole bunch of scenes built into the app, and they can simply pull out the phone when they're with that seller trying to get a, uh, the listing agreement. They could say, look, I can virtually stage this, and I can show people how I can um, make this home ready for sale simply by pulling out the app 
and then combining it with a virtually staged photography. And it it is it is incredible. And I mean, another plus up of of having you know tech like that accessible is it also kind of parlays into the realm of real estate as entertainment, right? Because you have a whole other group of people that maybe maybe they've interacted with the brand before, maybe they haven't, but it gives them the ability to download a branded app that has a great UI that allows people to play with, um, you know pre pre-staged rooms and things like that in their current space. Yeah, that's a great point. You know, what we were seeing also uh, as we looked at the overall real estate landscape is that real estate really had become an entertainment platform. You know, HDTV is one of the top uh, networks and it's all about real estate. People just devour real estate information. So we thought to ourselves, let's get in involved in that beyond the normal transactional level of real estate. Let's seize upon the immense amount of beautiful properties that we have and let's create some platform so people can interact with us. So the Curate platform not only has the ability to, to visualize a home to help it look ready for sale, but it also has the ability once someone has bought the home, they can use the Curate app to to furnish their home. So all the furnishing that we include, whether it's artwork or a coffee table or a rug or a table um, or bedroom set, whatever it may be, you can interact with it and you can find out who created that piece of furnishing, go to their website and actually purchase it. So we're now getting into people being able to decorate their home, uh, play around, look look at furnishing in different orientation, moving around, changing rooms, you know, making it from a den to a, a, a child's bedroom. So we're really getting into that idea of people love their homes and they really want to decorate it. So we saw a huge opportunity in that regard as well. Now there have been a lot of updates to to curate since since it launched, but the the one that um, you know I'm kind of burying the lead here, but the one I'm most excited about is the one that I had a chance to experience a couple of weeks ago in the office. So um, you know, tell us a little bit about Magic Leap. So Magic Leap is um, in, been in development for about uh, over a decade, I believe. Um, so it's a company that has investors like Google. Alibaba, AT&T, and they were really seeing an opportunity to create this mixed reality platform. So we not only have we developed an augmented reality platform and strategy, but we also have a virtual reality uh, platform and strategy so that people can use the virtual reality uh, gear and really get immersed in the experience of the home. We can actually take people through a virtual reality experience um, through Oculus Go's or any of the Samsung gear or the Google gear, whatever it may be, and they can really kind of walk themselves through a home. So now we've got we've got the virtual reality experience, which we incorporated about five years ago, and then we developed augmented reality about a year and a half, two years ago, and now comes along Magic Leap that's really ready for the consumer market, and that's mixed reality. So what does that mean? So in an augmented reality experience, you're typically going to use your phone to visualize. You're going to look at the phone, you're going to be in the room, you're going to see that you're in the room, and you're going to be able to place different furnishing designs, et cetera, through the phone and then visualize it. Virtual reality is completely immersive. You put the gear on, you got to sit down, you can't walk around because you could walk into the wall. So you got to be careful with it. But virtual reality is a great experience to really be immersed. 
mixed reality through the Magic Leap platform is a combination of the two. So you wear goggles, but you can still see the room you're in. You can still walk around and you can actually, with the Curate for Magic Leap, place furnishings in the room with your hand, move it around, uh, put it in different locations, tap the different furnishings and see who produced that furnishings and actually go and find out where to buy it. Um, It's a great application for uh, new development. So typically there'll be units in in a high rise or there'll be a single family home construction that sometimes they virtually stage, sometimes they physically stage. Um, But in this case, we can actually have the gear at one of the uh, model uh, homes or apartments, and we can put the uh, Magic Leap gear on uh, someone walking through it, and they can literally walk through the house, put in different scenes of furnishings, a bedroom, a den, a dining room, et cetera, and move it around with their hand and actually feel very immersed. And I remember when you tried it, Eric, you know, and we were talking to each other and it felt like it was so real that you were going to walk into the furnishing uh, if you weren't careful. Meanwhile, it's virtual and right in front of you and it's it's not actually sitting there, but it looked so real. It it felt like you're going to walk into it. Yeah, not only did it feel like I was going to walk into the table, it's so much so that I walked into the adjacent filing cabinet to avoid walking <laughs> into the table that was not actually there. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, yeah, I mean, it, it is very immersive and it all, all this runs along our, you know, visualization strategy. We want to be better at, at marketing the home using great photography, using great uh, video, but then we also wanted to be immersive. You know, we want the consumer to be able to make a buying decision without actually having to go to the home. Virtual reality is great for that. Um, you know, we have buyers from all over the world that may have gone to the location. Maybe they were on a ski holiday in Vail, Colorado or something, and they stayed in this great home. So they, they know the area, they know what it's like, but something comes on the market and they're half a world away. Well, we have visual uh, virtual reality tools and the visualization tools for photography and video to help them make a buying decision. We are actually seeing homes sold sight unseen because of the visualization. And then when you get into new developments, uh, we want people to go on site and actually feel like this could be their home. So they can use Curate, uh, they could use the VR that, uh, platforms that we offer, or they can use the Magic Leap platform to help see what that home could be like. Yeah, and it's incredible to watch people secondhand experience these things. So, um, just last week, uh, we had uh, we we were present at the the Sotheby's auction house headquarters in New York for the, their their luxury week kickoff, and um, we had our virtual reality station set up. And I spent a, a large part of my time there just watching people as they came through, sitting down, putting on the Oculus, and kind of looking around and experiencing homes you know, like you said, half a world away uh, from a, a comfy chair. So I, I feel like part of that too is is part of this larger thing, right? So that people can in, can experience these these properties from the comfort of their own home, right? Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, and we've done that for the last uh, about three years. We've set up experiential events uh, in conjunction with the auction house, major auctions that they do in Hong Kong, in London, 
with a partnership uh, with uh, in, in New York City that for Luxury Week, uh, and out in Pebble Beach for the Concourse d'Elegance, the, the biggest car show on the planet, we set up these virtual reality, augmented reality experiences where we have people from all over the globe come over and experience um, our homes with VR and, and get really immersed in walking through that home and getting an idea of what it would be like to live there. So it's been really uh, amazing how we've been able to adopt this technology for real practical use cases uh, across uh, the real estate industry, uh, learning from what other industries may have done, um, but also applying it specifically to uh, the real estate industry. So, John, tell tell everybody uh, where they can find us. Where where are our apps? Where where can they download us? Yeah, so um, always I always say go to SotheBeachRealty.com and and learn more about the brand there. But obviously, you can go to the app stores, uh, you know, the Google, uh, Apple app stores, and just look for Sotheby's, and you'll see Curate in the stores. Uh, if you want to experience our VR. Uh, just go to the website and uh, search for a property with virtual reality, and you can experience right on the on the computer uh, or your phone and 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 see the three D version of VR. Or if not, you can download the app and experience if you have uh, the gear, uh, VR any of the VR gear, you can experience uh, our VR. Uh, property or properties that have been rendered in VR right through that. One other thing that we've done and an extension of Curate is we've also added the ability to shop the room. So if you go in and look at uh, some of our properties on, on the website and SotheBeachRealty.com, some of them have the shop the room capability where not only are you able to look at the photos, but you can flip a switch and, and, and tap on the different furnishings within the photo and see who created that furnishing. If you want interested in buying it, you can click off and, and go to the uh, furnishing company's website and, and, and order it. Uh, we found that this merger of retail and real estate is very real. Um, as you know, people buy homes, the first thing they want to do is furnish the home. So why not um, extend that whole life cycle of visualization? Why not get the brand into uh, the uh, aspirational phase or the idea phase when someone's going to decorate their home. What a great resource to have in Sotheby's Realty that we not only have the great photos, the great videos, we have the VR, but now I can help provide inspiration for decorating my home, for furnishing my home. So we added the shop the room capability to the website as well. John, thank you so much for for joining me today uh, on the podcast. I'm always excited to see what you and the the team are are up to and what you're what you've got coming next. Thanks, Eric. It was great talking to you. The world of luxury auction is one that is constantly evolving. Whether it's getting Banksy as Sotheby's was in October of 2018 or finding ways to integrate the latest tech into the auction experience, Sotheby's is at the forefront of the modern auction world. Joining me today is Noah Wunsch, Senior Vice President of Global E-Commerce at Sotheby's to talk where auctions are today and where he thinks they're going in the future. Hi Noah, thank you for, for joining us today. Hey Eric, thanks so much for having me. So before we get started and talking really about the, the greater auction world and, and your role in it, um, what, what brought you to the Sotheby's Auction House? That's a great question. Uh, my background before Sotheby's was really in digital media, media and new technology. Um, so I would say Kismet brought me to Sotheby's more than anything else. 
and and a fascination by the art world uh, and and where the luxury world in particular was moving as well. Um, but most pointedly, uh, I came to Sotheby's uh, through David Goodman, who uh, was previously our CMO. Um, he and I had worked uh, prior to Sotheby's when he was a president over at CBS. I'd consulted for him. Um, and when he reached out, uh, I was fortunate enough to be taking a little time off after a tech startup I, I was working at had sold to Dropbox. Um, and, and I was literally just bumming around the world, just learning more about art and design, which was a blessing. Um, and he had to spoil my fun by reaching out and saying, you know, there, there's some really interesting stuff happening at the auction house. I think you should really consider coming here and, and, and working for me. Um, and David being the unbelievable guy that he was, it was an opportunity I had to jump at. So it seems like, you know, you, you, you had, you're very familiar with the art world, but you've always kind of been like a future focused person. I mean, that's the impression I've gotten from you every time I've heard you speak, um, about the art world. I, I certainly hope so. Um, the way things are moving, it's happening so quickly in, and not just in the art world, of course, and every single category of the world right now, um, the information age, or, uh, as, as Mark Zuckerberg maybe called it a few weeks ago, the fifth estate, um, is pushing things forward at a rapid pace because we're sharing so much information, uh, and creating so many new access points, which is an, an absolute blessing. Um, that we need to keep in touch with how things are moving. We have to keep in touch with that pace and make sure that we're in step with it. So, so thinking about that, right? So thinking about where we're headed in the future, um, the, the Sotheby's brand is is 275 years old, right? So, I mean, the, you have a, a seemingly, you know, uh, not endless, but you know, a, a depth of history to pull from and heritage to pull from. How do you think a brand like Sotheby's uses its legacy to inform the the future of innovation? Well, you, you bring up a great point, which is that we do have 275 years uh, behind our brand. And what that 275 years translates to for the brand is a focus on authenticity and a focus on exceptionalism. And because we have those two, uh, let's call them nomenclatures or brand pillars that are really the strongest ones behind our brand, it gives us flexibility to play in a number of arenas so long as we continue to go back to those pillars, i.e. we can go into really any category that that is somewhat um, related or tangential to to luxury, to the art world, the art market, so long as we are being true to those pillars of exceptionalism and authenticity. So when we step into a new category, let's say, we can't just start in the middle market. We can't start in the lower market. We can't just have a random piece from that category that we're going to put up for sale. It has to be the absolute best representation of that category. Category. We need to make sure that we are giving the same expertise and focus to that category that we do to all of our categories. Um, so it, it puts us in a fascinating position where, where we get to be very flexible and elastic in, in these different realms we play in, um, so long as we're true to those pillars. So it, that, that's really interesting. Do you have, do you have an example of, of something that, you know, kind of a, a new venture recently where, where that kind of rule has applied? I, I have a few of them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad you asked. Um, well, the, the first sale I did when I when I took over global e-commerce at the beginning of the year uh, was a sale of uh, skateboards, which which sounds ridiculous <laughs> when I put it that way. Um, but it was really a play in the secondary market of a company called Supreme. Supreme is a streetwear 
skating and, and in many uh, people's minds, also a luxury brand um, that really does have a very robust secondary market that is in the realm of hundreds of millions of dollars, if not billions. I was going to say, it's a brand that plays really well to collectors, too. Absolutely, because they've created this scarcity. They do these drop models. Um, and while they're not transparent often uh, about how many uh, in number items they're producing in a run, they do these drops uh, that happen randomly. Um, and, and you never know what they're dropping exactly until probably a day or two beforehand. And it creates this frantic feeling of, I need to get these items. Um, and there have been other auction houses that have certainly sold Supreme items prior to Sotheby's in January. Um, but I knew that if we were going to get into that category, it had to be the absolute zenith of the category. So I found a collector who had every single Supreme skateboard ever manufactured. Now that's 248 skateboards because they've been producing skateboards for 20 years. Um, and, and just think about that for a moment, because all of those skateboards were in pristine shape. These are utilitarian items, items that are meant to be skated on. And this was 248 of them in pristine condition. Uh, beyond that, there was the added layer that Supreme uh, had amazing foresight and was doing art collaborations very early in their history, uh, whether with up-and-comers like Dan Colon and Nate Lohman, who were up-and-comers at the time and now well-established artists, uh, or blue-chip artists already like Richard Prince, uh, Takashi Murakami, Jeff Koons. Um, so this 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 248 skateboard collection was, was an amazing representation of the category, and it was a new category for us to play in. And we ended up being able to sell those boards, which were sold as a single lot, for $800,000. Um, and that was a very strong way for us to enter a new category. Um, and the brand amplification we got from that was exceptional. Um, and we've done that a few other times this year as well. But but that's that being my first sale was was a really special moment for me. Yeah, and I, I mean, it is categorically, it's it's unique, it, especially, I think when people think of the Sotheby's brand, they think of, of fine art, right? You know, they think of like the classics and things like that. So I know even, you know, as, as somebody who hosts the Sotheby's International Realty podcast, when that information came out about the Supreme Skateboards, I, I was even taken back and kind of, uh, I was delighted, though, to see that 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 direction was happening. I'm glad to hear that. So, you know, we, we, you mentioned Supreme. Um, we mentioned, of course, Banksy in the, you know, at the top of the piece, you know, in the intro. Um, both artists, uh, you know, a brand and an artist who, who heavily utilize technology to their advantage, whether it's, you know, in their, their marketing or the, the production of their pieces or, you know, like you said, with um, Supreme, how they do their, their kind of uh, their item drops. What are some things that, that Sotheby's is doing to integrate technology into the auction process? We're doing a number of things, and, and I'm glad to say that we're, we're definitely leading the charge when it comes to auctions and, and the art world. Um, we have built an internal platform uh, and auction engine that is best in class. Uh, obviously, we're mobile web optimized, and since releasing the mobile web optimized version uh, of the auction platform, we have seen that <laughs> mobile is a massive channel for us, no surprise. Um, but web, web bidding, both in live and obviously, of course, online, but in live, it's now becoming the predominant channel. Um, a lot of people think that our clients are traditional, that they want to be in the room or they want to be on the phones bidding. But we're finding that, of course, uh, with the advent of technology at its peak, um, we're finding that our traditional audience base 
loves the convenience of web. Um, they can do it from home. They can do it on their phone. They can do it on the go. Um, and they're embracing that. And of course, with push notifications, letting them know that they've been outbid and auto notifications through email, um, it's their favorite channel. Um, beyond that, we, we did acquire an artificial intelligence firm uh, about two years ago now called Thread Genius. Um, and while I can't speak too heavily to what they're doing, I can say that it is, it is pretty amazing. Um, we also acquired... Um, Sotheby's Home, which is our peer-to-peer marketplace, um, which I think is very valuable, of course, to Sotheby's International Realty as well, because if anyone is selling their home, we're able to clear that home and put it up on Sotheby's Home very quickly. Uh, And we love that partnership. Um, So those are just a few of the things that we have going on uh, behind the curtain, so to speak. So you you mentioned Sotheby's Home, and and while that's a a, a perfect segue for for Curate and the the, the augmented reality app, um, you know it's it's one of those things where I, I see technology you know influencing the way that the direction of things are going, and that's you know agnostic to any industry. It's it's happening across the board. But when I think of something like a, an auction, I kind of think of this. Maybe austere is not the right word, but you know the, the the process, right? Like you know, you have the the person running the auction. You do have you know somewhat of a live audience, even if some of them are are bidding by phone, which is something that's happened for a very long time, and and now you know through the internet. But do you think what's the impact that this is actually having on the auction process? Like, is is kind of the way that an auction works changing because of technology? I don't think it's it's changing drastically. Um, the, the mechanics of auction are still as they've ever been. Uh, it is a completely open and democratic structure uh, where anyone can place their bid and, of course, multiple bidders bid against. Um, with the online-only auction, the only difference is it's a cascading close, which is similar to kind of the eBay model where one lot uh, will close and the next one will start its closing as well. We have an anti-sniping mechanism in place where if someone places a bid in the final five minutes of closing, it will increase the clock again five minutes so that we're giving all bidders the opportunity to get their final bid in. Um, I think that Sotheby's home has an opportunity to really change the way that Sotheby's does business because of the buy now and make an offer mentality, um, the the ability to buy on your own time, so to speak. Um, I think auctions are an extremely powerful mechanism, especially for the the really unique um, and exceptional pieces out there. I think for um, day-to-day items that can still be extremely valuable, very rare, um, but you might want that couch tomorrow, let's say. Um, I think Sotheby's Home is a real game changer in that way. And I mean, it, it's it's one of those things where like the the, the auction, the, the, the idea of having an auction and, and, you know, being part of one is so pop culturally revel, uh, relevant, you know, it, it's, it's everywhere. It's in film, it's in TV, TV shows. Um, everyone kind of knows what the auction process is, but I feel like it's something, uh, what, what Sotheby's doing is, is something special. I, I completely agree. And, and you're totally right that, that it is, um, enmeshed in pop culture. I'm, I'm extremely excited by the way to see the film uncut gems, which is coming out this year and, and revolves heavily around the auction world. Um, but I think that, uh, to put it simply, live auction will never go away for Sotheby's. That is the backbone of our business. It's the core of it. Um, and the experience of bidding in your first auction is is something you don't ever forget. Um, I think there is still that magic and that aura to bidding in a live auction that, that can't be replicated. Um, but there are times 
that you want to do that. And there are other times where you want simplicity to be able to bid on your phone. Um, so I think it is really going to be a, a question of, of timing, um, category, and opportunity. So before you mentioned the, the, the acquisition of Sotheby's Home and, um, and, and the relationship that, that Sotheby's has with Sotheby's International Realty, um, now we, we have the, the Curate uh, by Sotheby's International Realty app, which is a, you know, a virtual staging app that relies heavily on augmented reality. Um, you know, it's, it's on platforms like Magic Leap, which kind of add that mixed reality element that allow you to manipulate things in, in real time right in front of you in the space you're in. Do you see where augmented reality and, and kind of that, that virtual experience, does that have any place in, in the auction world? I think eventually it absolutely will. It does, by the way, already. We have an augmented reality capability built into our mobile app um, that works best, of course, for Flatworks. Um, I'd say that what's going to be a game changer, especially for augmented reality, is if slash when Apple does release their AR glasses. Um, and to be clear, there is, of course, VR, there's AR, and there's MR. VR is virtual reality. It's immersing uh, people in a world that uh, is you know, a completely digital, completely virtual, uh, but it is not your reality. It is a separate virtual reality. Augmented reality is taking your reality and placing digital objects in that reality. So it's augmented your reality. Um, and usually that's with a device uh, where you can feel the disconnect between digital and reality, i.e. you'll hold up an iPhone and you will see an object in a place where there is no, uh, no object in your spatial awareness in its immediate time. Mixed reality, which I think is going to be the real game changer for the world at large, is when you can't really tell the difference between your reality and a reality, i.e. your spatial awareness will actually put in virtual items into your reality. Um, so, you know, you'll put these glasses on and you'll look at a wall and there'll be a painting on it. And it won't even seem like there's anything different about the wall. But then perhaps you'll take the glasses off and realize there was never a painting there. Um, mixed reality, I think, is what's really going to shift all worlds uh, drastically into new fields. Um so I'm very excited and hopeful that Apple Glasses will come out as predicted in 2020. So um, tech, it's it's always evolving. There's always new stuff. We were just talking about the glasses that don't exist yet. <laughs> um, <but laughs> is there any piece of tech in particular that you're really excited about? I know I know you mentioned the the glasses just now, but is there anything else that like you know is you're really craving? You know what I what I struggle with, and, and hope there'll be an answer to. And I've, I've had a number of conversations. With, with founders and entrepreneurs, engineers about this too. And I think we all figure, we feel a similar frustration um, that the World Wide Web's intent when it was created was to be um, an ongoing landscape. It was not the world, meaning there was no there's no end to it. It was ad infinitum. Um, and with that capability, you can really do whatever you want. And I think those are also the promises that something like MR, VR, and AR make as well. Um, I think the frustration I'm feeling with a number of entrepreneurs and founders, too, is the somewhat boxed in feeling of the web. Um, the feeling that the utilities that it really serves the best purpose of are media, um, social media, uh, and commerce. And even looking at the commerce part of it and wondering, asking ourselves, how can we push this to the next level? What is the new version of a marketplace? Because right now, for all intents and purposes, the way that e-commerce looks 
no matter what site, you know, it could be Farfetch, it could be Stadium Goods, it could be Sotheby's, it replicates uh, old print catalogs. There are a number of images of models usually wearing clothing or, or holding up an item or an item placed on a beautiful wall. Um, there are cataloging notes and you can choose your size. Uh, and that's, that's usually the, the boxed in thing that we're in, in commerce that hasn't shifted uh, since the internet's been created. Amazon has had pretty much the same UI since its incarnation. And, and Jeff Bezos has been very strategic about that as well. He's said a number of times that he wanted to make the platform as simple as possible and in updates don't really make it any simpler because his client base recognizes how the UI works. Um, with e-commerce, there's so much opportunity to create new environments and experiences for shoppers, but I certainly have been banging my head on the desk for, for two years at least, asking what, what does that look like and not fully being able to visualize it. Um, I think there are going to be some interesting things we start seeing with UGC in the next few years. UGC, for those of you who don't know, is user-generated content. So if you buy an item off of, let's say you buy an item from Sotheby's, because we recently had a Margiela sale, which was fantastic. Maybe you buy a sweater and you take a picture of it and you post it on Instagram. That is considered UGC, user-generated content. So mixing UGC into platform is a, is a potentially interesting thing to do. Um, this might be a much more boring or mundane answer than, than you might have expected, but I, I think that, that that question, that feeling of potentially being boxed in uh, because there's endless potential, which is pretty interesting, um, I think we're going to see that more and more, and eventually we're going to start seeing those boundaries uh, removed by people who are really thinking uh, future forward in a big way. I'm excited about that. I don't know what it looks like yet, though. No, I'm right there with you. I mean, it's one of those things where, you know, like you said, you know, the, the internet is a platform of, of actual infinite capability, yet, you know, we still click on an icon that looks like a floppy disk to save a document. You know, like exactly. we have these remnants of the past that have not been relevant for a while now. Like, you know, I, I have a four-year-old daughter, you know, she's going to grow up presumably clicking that icon, knowing that it means save, but not realizing why it means what it means. Absolutely. It's a great example. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. I am excited for what all of the people that are much smarter than I am are coming up with. <laughs> and I. <laughs> so the, 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 the future of tech is exciting, but you know, in, in, in your world, the, the future of auction is. So what do you see for the future of auction? What, what's, what's coming down the pipeline in the next five, 10 years in the world of auction? I think it's going to be an expansion of categories. Collectible markets are uh, growing every single day. We're starting to see more and more that luxury brands are embracing uh, what I'll say is a prints and multiples mentality. They're starting to offer more transparency in their production runs, um, which is increasing the mentality of collecting these items. They're creating scarcity. When when Gucci, actually, hold on, because Gucci's gearing, so we're not going to mention Gucci. Um, they're creating more transparency in their production runs, which is creating a collecting mentality. Uh, when LVMH does a drop of a new trunk with Virgil Abloh as the creative director, and they say there are only 75 of these, it creates 
panic, uh, scarcity, and a mentality that 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 I need to buy this immediately. There are only seventy five of these in the world, and I want to have I want to be one of those buyers. I want to own that thing, um, and that creates a secondary market as well. Because suddenly, when those seventy five trunks are sold, and you still have five hundred other people who want to buy them, you're creating demand in a marketplace. Um, so continuing to expand into new market categories, I think, is going to be uh, necessary over the next five to 10 years, especially as we have incumbents entering the space uh, and, and taking on luxury platforms too. Noah, thank you so much for taking the time to, to be with us today. Um, you know, We're super excited about everything that the auction house is doing and especially all the techno- technological advancements. And we really appreciate you taking the time to be with us. Well, likewise. Thank you so much, Eric. And as you and the team know, I'm a huge fan of Sotheby's International Realty. So we're always excited for ways we can collaborate. Don't forget to subscribe to the Reside by Sotheby's International Realty podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. If you're craving more Reside, visit sotheby'srealty.com slash reside for more from this and previous issues of the magazine. Until next time.